lot uh, deeper. No, it's fine. I mean, come down, Barry White. <laughs> Something like Barry White. Welcome yeah. back to the show. Um, Something you know that I posted a while ago. I bought some uh, microphone stands and. You know I'm recording, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just finish up my protein shake from my workout. <laughs> hey, you gotta get that protein in. <laughs> I mean, shit, I guess only on the ozone, right? Wow. <laughs> With that being said, welcome back to another episode. Welcome back to the show. Um, is, is there any way to turn down my uh, headphones a little bit? Cause, what? Because you sound very nasally? No, you sound very loud. I sound very loud? Yeah, my headphones. Just my headphone volume. How yeah, about now? Check, check, check. Yeah. Now you talk. This is my show. How are you going to tell me to direct God. my show? Yo, it's this loud. Is why, this is why I got to step away from the microphone. Dang, you loud. This is why I got to be... <laughs> is there any way to turn it down on my headphones? No, there isn't. Oh, my God. Because well, if, if I turn you down, it turns mine down. No, no. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's, it's just one channel. Oh, okay. You got one yeah. channel. It's not, it's not up to date. It's like not like either. mine? Yeah, no, it's no, not no. like yours. But it's okay. All right. <laughs> we done? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any other special requests? Any other any any other special requests? Mm-mm. No? No, we good. You sure? Mm-hmm. All right, well, can I do, like, can I do my introduction yeah, again? Yeah, go ahead. Do your <laughs> intro. <laughs> I can't with you, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess we've taken the podcast on the Picasso. <laughs> By the way, we got a, another special guest, Picasso the Bully in the house. He's over there uh, terrorizing empty boxes right now. And so, uh, anywho, uh, today's guest is a good one. Known this dude for a good minute. Uh, we go way back. Uh, not Pleasant Grove days, because I know you're back in Pleasant Grove. Mm-mm. I didn't even know you in high school, did I? Um, What year did you graduate? 98. 98. I think you were, um, you were probably a senior, you weren't you? Were, you were probably a freshman when I was a senior. Yeah. But I didn't come to meet you till like later, like when you were at Swahoo. So uh, with that being said, welcome Jaime to the show. What's up, man? What up? What up? Hold on, let me hold on, let me put some. Uh... <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. We got a little audience in, uh, in the apartment today. Sounds, sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> so this is definitely be like a long time in the making. Uh, we've been talking about doing a podcast together, but um, he hates to drop the forney. And then, um, so, since I'm not able to take myself out and about, I said, well, I'll come to your place and record. Yeah, man, I, I think that, uh, that should be your trend. Go where, go where the action's at. Man. Yeah, making everybody drive to 40. I mean, we could have done this by the phone. Yeah, but it's not the same. True. So, yeah, so, you know, we've been talking about this, doing this for a good minute now. If you hear any clang in the bag, it's Picasso, by the way. It's not me. Damn pit bull. I mean, like, first of all, I think I've, I don't know if I told you this in person or not, but I just want to give you major props and your roses, you know, because you've been one of the guys that are people that, you know, pushed me to make this show better and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> by by lowering the volume. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like, you're one of the few that, you know, has actually come out and, and encouraged me to do this podcasting, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I just want to say thank you. I want to give you your flowers for that. Um, you know, I want to show you love and I say thank you for that. Yeah, no, for sure, man. 
And I know you're starting your own show too, right? <clears throat> yeah, eventually. <laughs> eventually. It's been, it's been, it's this guy. Been, uh... <laughs> We've been talking about this shit since like a good minute. Yeah. Like you have the equipment, like you just busted out with the microphone stands today. Yeah. I mean, like you got your own little recording, little toy, you know, for podcast. And then, um, I mean, we might record after this for for my uh, my podcast. We'll we'll change equipment just so that we can compare <laughs> compare who sounds better. <laughs> does it matter? I mean, I mean, yeah, it does. You know, why um, does it matter? Have you ever listened to some podcasts and then you're like, you know what, the content is good, but man, that sound quality. And then sometimes like they don't they don't do a post processing so then like you're listening to it and then all of a sudden like things peak and all that stuff i'm not saying yours does that yours has been pretty decent but you know i've, I've given you some tips here and there of like things that i've listened <laughs> and so you've been doing good at at getting making it better and, Dude, and you know, up, upgrading your your equipment and all that good stuff so i mean this is just a hobby it's not like because I don't think I'm gonna buy anything else. I mean, you know, this is it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not gonna. I don't think I, I'm, I'm gonna invest anymore in all of this. I yeah. mean, like I said, this is just a hobby. It's just for fun. So, yeah. I mean, I know you got the big. You know, the yours has the four different channels and all. And I mean, yours is pretty set up though. Well, um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what we do. We we'll probably. I think I do wanna. Since you're already here, shoot like maybe uh or not shoot but record uh. Yeah, maybe we don't talk about shooting. A 30, 30 minute, thirty minute uh, podcast or something. Like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if you know, but like on most of my shows, I always ask my guests, you know, just as a as an icebreaker question, you know, it's like, and and also being that it's Men's Mental Health Month, June, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to start off by asking you, like, you know, where's your mental health at? You know, on a scale of one through ten, where's your men- in general? Not right now, but like in general, where is your mental health at? Um, you know, one of the things that um, that I've learned a lot about the last four years is definitely um, mental health and self care and uh, being more aware of of your emotions and feelings. <clears throat> I mean, you know, I don't know if the audience knows, but uh, the work that I do is um, dealing with the emotional support for patients and staff at hospitals uh, specifically uh, we're called a chaplain a lot of people don't know what we exactly do one of the common things is oh you know uh, are you the guys that just come and pray with patients and and that's not that's one of the things that we do but I will tell you that that's probably one of the the, the least of the things that we do um, so because of that it's really uh, been at the forefront of of like my intentions for myself um, being more aware of like when I'm feeling depressed or sad or or just feeling any emotion per se sometimes it's easier for us to forget or to kind of like put our emotions aside and just function like a robot Um, and studies show that that's very unhealthy uh, long term Um, definitely could be a way of coping and things of that nature but um but I think right now, overall, my mental health has been been good. I don't want to say great because obviously uh, we deal with life. Life comes at you with different situations from <clears throat> the things that are happening in the world. 
yeah. things that are external, things that are happening internal, your body, your health, you know, just your physical health and your spirituality, and then things that are affecting you directly from like work, relationships, family, um, and so I would say that um, that right now I'm, I'm probably about a, a a good seven, seven, a hard seven. Okay. <clears throat> so, like, why do you think it? Because you said you know about self care and all, and I guess everybody handles mental health differently. And I know you and I have have discussed this because you know when it comes to mental health, I'm a little naive, hard headed when it comes to stuff like this. You Can know. You repeat that one more time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, for those that didn't hear, he says a little, little naive, and what was a little hard headed. <laughs> right. And so, like, I know me and you had, a, you know, a, a discussion about this, but I said, like, why do, you, why do you think it's hard for men? You know, besides the whole stigma, you know, being the whole machismo, and and you know, men don't cry and blah blah blah. So, but why do you think it's hard for men to accept the fact of mental health and also being brown? You know, like, why is that? Mm-hmm. A, a, a uh, big stigma in that. <clears throat> so you're talking about, um, you know, specifically the Hispanic community or Hispanic community and yeah. and and and, spe- and being a man. Um. Yeah. No. For sure. Uh, I think you know specifically narrowing down to the Hispanic community um, helps to understand. Well, one thing that will help to understand is the the culture. You know, when it comes to mental health, it, there are different facets that affect the mental health of a person and for sure the world that we live in the perspective that that we have and perspectives just the viewpoint mm-hmm. the viewpoint that we have so for instance i come from a uh, first generation immigrant family that means that my parents immigrated from mexico to the u.s um and we were raised here mm-hmm. and so we have um, so, for instance, I was born in Mexico, raised here in, in the U.S. <clears throat> now we see second and third generation Hispanics, you know, that their parents were raised or born here. Yeah. And then they have children and then they're, you know, they're um, experiencing the world from that perspective. Um, I think the earlier generation, first generation, um, you know, on those those generations really had to experience conflict between both cultures the culture clashes um and because of that it really put a strain you know on their perspective uh, on how they saw things and and one thing that you you pick up and you realize that um the culture did or the hispanic culture or the mexican culture um did for the hispanic male was um, really create this mindset of uh, men don't cry, men don't feel like uh, you have to suck it up and move forward, you have to work hard, and it wasn't because, well, one, it was a lack of education, of course. Most uh, first-generation Hispanics or Mexican-Americans or Mexicans, um, they didn't, most of them didn't even go to, to high school. Yeah, the most elementary, of them, middle school, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and some didn't even make, finish, um, uh, elementary school some didn't even get to go to elementary school yeah um i work at a hospital and i consistently run into people who are first generation or immigrants and and i mean 
they're they're barely able to read and write. A lot of the decisions that are made are made by their children. Yeah. Um, and so you can see that impact. Um, it's funny. I was talking to my mom earlier about this, and <clears throat> you know, in that Mexican culture, the the, the man was the decision maker. Correct. And uh, he was the one that dictated what the family was going to do, where they were going to go, what was, you know, how they were going to approach things. So there was a lot of weight on the shoulders of, of, of a man um, from that culture. And also, you think about that, it didn't have time to, to feel. Imagine carrying the weight of your whole family, uh, being responsible for, yeah. for their well-being, their, fin- you know, financial situation. Uh, so... You know, it was kind of this pressure to just function uh, more physically, yeah. working. Okay, being that you're in, in, in the profession that you're in, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're a chaplain, so you see a lot of emotion, a lot of things going on. And going, going back to mental health, do you think, because your background is what? Education, what's your background? So, so originally my uh, degree is in... Um, Theology with a minor in psychology, um, okay. and then eventually got my master's in in uh, they call it divinity, but it's uh, it's basically a, a theological master's degree. Okay, so do you think that our parents, because you know, like you know, being that our parents migrated here to the states, and the way they grew up here with the new generation parents, and being that you've seen both because you work in that an environment and being and you seeing how your dad was growing up do you think our generation have become too sensitive to you know mental health you know because I'll be honest and I think I just I think I told you that at my previous job this kid showed up right started working for us and probably within like a month or two he didn't show up for a day and I asked my boss I was like where is he at oh he's taking a mental health day and I'm like, you gotta be. How, how did I know you were going to? Say that? <laughs> I felt like I knew you were going to say that because it it's one of those things that not that it bothered me, but it's like you know, I just turned 39. Yeah. Why is it that I'm just not hearing about this? I I literally heard about it, about about it this year, and it's like you know, first of all, I didn't even know you can take a day out for mental health. I was brought up old school, you know, like you work nine to five you get your shit done and go home you know oh we know we know <laughs> <laughs> we know and so it's kind of like in you know like this new generation like is it do people use that excuse oh i'm taking the day off from mental health day or am i just i'm mentally tired you know so it's i don't know how i'm trying to say this damn question obviously there's a big big difference between the old generation and this new one coming up and being that you see it firsthand do you think we're better off old school or this new school of way of thinking? Yeah. Um, I'm curious. So I don't know. Maybe I should ask you afterwards. No, let me ask you. Let me ask you um, before I answer that. Uh, what do you think? Wh- where do you lean towards? Do you, do you think that maybe we should be more old school, or or do you think we, or or you're still trying to figure that out? I think we should be not old school, but not none of this. Like okay. put everything on. On mental yeah. health. Kind of like a balance. Yes. Okay. No, and I appreciate that. Uh, and the reason why I ask that is because <clears throat> as I respond, I didn't want my response to kind of sway, you know, maybe the yeah. way that you're thinking. Um, 
and I agree with you. I think there definitely has to be like a balance. And, and I know we're using the term old school and then like yeah. kind of like how things are. Um, I, I think we have to take the things that are good about both our past. Yeah. Uh, what we learned, like for instance, we learned how hard work from our parents. We learned, um, you know, there's this word that I've really been kind of um, holding close, which is resiliency or okay. resilience. And that's just the, the idea that or a concept that um, as you go through things and as things get tough, you become resilient. Okay. You become uh, someone that can, you know, face adversity. Uh, it be, makes you stronger. And that's one of the, the things that as humans we we are able to do. Uh, it's it's in our nature. And and so as you go through that, it makes you a better, resilience makes you a better person. Yeah. So that's something that, that we can get from that. And there are other aspects too, like, um, for instance, you know, manners and respect and all that good stuff. But I also think that in the... Um, education world or maybe in the um, the more I would say where people have looked into these topics and understood some things that um, they have found they have mm -hmm. found some some concepts that could be helpful like for instance when you are resilient you could easily fall into when you're just too resilient, you can easily fall into avoiding all feelings and emotions. Yeah. And when you do that, you you build them up, you you hold them inside, and they either come out in your relationships. Yeah. And they could be hurtful in your relationships. Or even friendships. And because friendships, I'm, yeah. Because um, I've noticed, because one thing I've learned, and, and I want to give a big shout out to Michelle here, you know, because a couple of weeks ago, we were at her and husband Sergio's house. And we had like a group chat. And like one thing that I learned, because I struggle with this, you know, this, you know, because you and I have talked, you know, off, 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 off the, the mic. record. Yeah, yeah, off the record. And, you know, and, you know, you call me out sometimes and, you know, I appreciate it. You know, but one thing I, that, 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 you know, because I'm a fixer, you know, like yeah. I want to fix things. You know, I don't want to just sit here and put on my thumb and just, so, like, one thing she said, you know, Obi, like, you just got to ask two questions if somebody's dealing with, you know, mental health. And all she said is, like, do you want me to listen or do you want me to help? And that shit hit me like cold water. How can something so simple, you know, just be like, do you need me to listen or do you want my help? And so it's like, you know, and, and I'm still learning, trying to be more patient with my friends have their own issues. Yeah, and, but, you know, even in that, it's easier said than done. Yeah, like, that's a, a great perspective. But because you're a helper, and, mm -hmm. and now we're getting to what's called personality theory. Like, we all have different personalities. Yeah. Um, and one of the, the theories that I use or that we learned about within chaplaincy is called, uh, it was from the Enneagram. And, and so when you said helper, that's usually a two. Uh, and what the two tends to do is that, they struggle a lot when it comes to um, uh, being able to sit still and not do anything. Uh, because the helper, their inclination, mm -hmm. their natural way of seeing things is, well, how can I help? How can I fix it? How yeah, can fix I? it. And so 
what then happens is it, it could cause some strain in some relationships yeah. or it could break down, you know, because there's some people that um, it could break down communication. There's some people that they're they're not looking for help. They're looking for someone to hold them in their space, hold yeah. them in, in that moment that they're going through. And, and for a two or for a helper, that's not easy. So... As even though they shared that with you, you're still gonna struggle doing it. Yeah, you're still gonna, and so, so, because of that, and so what personality theory does is that it gives you a perspective to when you see someone who might sit in the emotions, and you're like, well, why don't you do something? Yeah. But why? And so, <laughs> so then it's possible that that person comes from has a different personality or has a yeah. different pers- uh, perspective. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that. They're ju- that they're weaker or that this person is more of that new school. Yeah. It could be a personality thing, you know. And so uh, I always tell people our personalities could, could be our our uh, superpower or it could be our weakness. And if we know how to use it effectively, it could definitely be a great yeah. way to, to uh, help us accomplish things in our lives and yeah. goals. But if we allow it to control us, you know, it, and I think about, have you ever seen uh, the superhero movies when the guy who realizes or the girl who realizes that they've got these superpowers, they're struggling, they can't control their superpowers, yeah. so they have to practice it? Yeah. Well, that's the same way with our personality. Like, we have to practice the things that uh, we have a hard time doing. We have to control uh, how to use that for the benefit of our mental health, the benefit of those around us. And I think so that's where I'm struggling because I've noticed is like, even with friends, like I can't be the same friend. Well, I don't know if this has to do with anything, but like me being myself with one friend, I can't be myself with the, you know with this other friend. Yeah. Know, that makes sense. It's just yeah, no, no, that's true, and 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 that basically you're putting yourself aside and understanding that people are different so I have to handle people differently. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about it. I work at a hospital where I see 12 to, to 15 patients a day, possibly. Yeah. Uh, sometimes less. And every one of them is a different personality. Every one of them has a different need. I can't go in there and treat them equally, the same yeah. equally. You know, I have to first engage them, get a feel for who they are, uh, try to, and that's why we do personality theory, so kind of get an idea of what their personality might be yeah. like. There's some people who are helpers who are like struggling because they want to do something, and then there's some people who who want to see someone just spend some time with them and sit with them in silence. Yeah. So um, the only way that you're going to know that is if you learn about it and then you start practicing, practicing. it. So, and I want to go back to your job. I mean, I want to get into full yeah. details, but like being, it has to be emotionally and mentally draining to you, or because you've done it for so long, how do you turn it off? You know when you're like de-stressed because I mean I'm pretty sure it's stressful, you know, having to hear all these people's problems and you know issues going on with the everyday life at the hospital. For sure, is definitely very overwhelming emotionally. Um, you know, I've lost count as far as how many deaths I've encountered or seen or been a part of mm-hmm. uh, at the hospital. 
if I if I could give you a number, I would say it's probably over five hundred, maybe close to a thousand deaths that I see yeah. or have seen or have been a part of. Um, and each one of them is different. Uh, you definitely feel the emotional uh, energy draining from you. Yeah. Um, sometimes at the end, when some of them have just been so draining, you have to just take some time to to um, build that energy up. It reminds me uh, of video games. You know, like when Street Fighter, you have to kind of like step back a little bit so yeah. that you can get your. <laughs> You get and too we, intense yeah, to win. And, and yeah, and what happens is sometimes some of us, when we come from that old school mentality, will push, push, push as our mental uh, or emotional health yeah. starts draining, and then we're pushing and fighting without any energy. And so at that point, we're we're really doing a lot of damage to the but people is that, around us. Is that like a a reaction? Because at some point, like you know, like you said, we're pushing, pushing, pushing it. So we realize we don't know we're actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's what we call them uh, coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, coming from the old school, it, it's all you knew how to do. Yeah. It, it's They didn't know anything else. They didn't know about meditation. They didn't know about, like, spending some time uh, by yourself in nature. They didn't know about... Damn nature. You know, they didn't know about, and you should know about that. You're always out there. But hiking to Zion, <laughs> and you guys leaving me and Carmen behind because <laughs> there was free nothing at the top of Angel's Landing. <laughs> you should have you seen those TikToks or or reels where it's like, Dude. like having to go on a hike for my stupid mental health? That's you right there. It, like, listen, <laughs> like I, <laughs> people call me out on it. Listen, like I enjoy it. Uh-huh. I don't practice it until yeah. this year. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, growing up in Pathfinder, like that's all yeah. we did, all right. But it wasn't until this year that I got to give a shout out to Gisela for, you know, it, you know, going on, on these hiking trips with her. Yeah, you need, yeah. But it wasn't until this year, so people gave me so much shit because of that. It's like, uh-huh. yo, like, it's like you're a concrete jungle type of dude. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't. It's like, what do you know about nature? Well, I mean, I've always liked it. I yeah. just don't practice it. I mean, like, you're a big nature person. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like, you're big into that. I mean, hell, like, you and Marisol left us behind, you know, at at, at um at Zion. So, I mean, I like it. I don't love it like other people love it, but I like it. And I've learned, I've embraced it because I've done trips on my own, you know, and people give me shit like, oh, all of a sudden, like, you're like a nature guy. I'm like, well, I mean, I always have. It's just... yeah. You know, I don't, you know, it wasn't until this year, so it started coming out. Yeah, and I would say that that I actually seen you do more of that even before then. Um, I think you you post more about it now. Yeah. Um, I think that now you're, you know, you share it with other people. But people are going to be crazy. I, I would say, them. I would say that you found something that in some way, shape or form re-energizes you uh, or brings some kind of positive energy to you and so you're you automatically just are inclined to it so you, you're drawn to it because you do it on a map no what enforces you you're the you're probably one of the few people that i know that will go uh do nature stuff solo yeah and you said that and you know i do it to push myself mm-hmm. you know to see if you know I want to push myself physically and mentally. 
it doesn't do anything. Like, it doesn't bring me at peace. Like, you know, I mean, it, it does. But I do mostly to see how far I can push myself physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, going up to Zion, I thought I was going to pass out. Mm-hmm. You know, being, you know, high up elevation. I mean, what's what? Two miles going up, you know? So, I mean, like, granted, the next day, like, my legs were like, I couldn't even squat because my legs were so sore. Yeah. Um, and this last one, when I went to Palo Duro, like, there was a stretch of, like, three miles, just literally just, like, well, I've never been to a desert, but to what I think looked like a desert, like, like that really pushed me mentally because I ran out of water. Well, I didn't run out. I had some water, but it was freaking hot because it was, like, 90-something degrees already outside. And it just felt like I was never going to finish this trail because it, it seemed so long, and there was no shade, and... It pushed me mentally because I'm like, listen, like I'm like, first of all, I'm not gonna pass out of this heat in the middle of nowhere, so I I gotta push myself. Yeah. And so like that's why I like doing these trips because like I, I like things to you know push me to see if I can do it physically and mentally. You know, I like going, I like doing these hiking trips. I do, you know, but I, I'm not, you know, like I use the example again of Zion where you might as well just took off and I'm like, what the fuck is up there? Like, like what's the rush to get up there? You know, and I know you guys gave me crap about it, you know, but it's like, ooh, like, had they were giving out donuts or beer or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I make the effort, but there was nothing. There was nothing but damn chickmunks stealing our food. Uh-huh. So, okay, so I know you mentioned that, but in, in the sense, you still made it up there. <laughs> At my still, time. And I, you I... still challenges. So, and then, and that's the thing, I mean, just like you talk about challenging yourself, I think it goes it goes to show that everyone is different yeah. there are different levels of emotional growth spiritual growth physical growth and you know these are things that you're challenging yourself by if you you know if you were at a if you were at a place where like this was uh you know something that you did every weekend or yeah. or you know like you did long hikes or whatever like you probably would have been hiking that thing uh, faster. faster and, you know, because that's where you would have been. You're challenging yourself in this area where it's like this was a, a pretty steep hike uh, yeah. and it's something that you, you you hadn't done before. So, therefore, of course, there were some challenges. Hold on. Let me, I, I've done, but not to that ex- extreme. To that degree. The degree extreme. Yeah. You know, like I've done little baby ones, but yeah. That right there was, um, yeah. Yeah. And so keep in mind, I mean, I've done marathons, 100-mile bike rides, uh, hiked the Grand Tetons over a three-day span uh, with a 40-pound uh, pack on my back. Like, So it was obviously a different level. Yeah. So why did we get up there faster? <laughs> and I know we didn't. <laughs> because yeah. we were at different levels. Because. And so and so this is the thing, perspective. Yeah. Going back to perspective, your perspective is is giving you this this view from the back end saying like, you know, yeah, you want to challenge yourself, but then you see someone else that is doing the same. Yeah. And then you're like, why are they challenging themselves a lot faster? <laughs> no, 
the only thing that did encourage me is that I did see another big guy yeah. going up there too. I'm like, well, shit, if he can do it, damn it, I can do it too. Yeah, you know, because he was a whole lot bigger than I was, you know, yeah. and so and and they passed us, so obviously, you know, you know, my big ass was going slow. So, I mean, you know, it's but would I do it again? Probably not that one again. I would say you'd do it again. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> if you get there, you'll do it again. <laughs> You'll do it again. Um, so it goes back. It goes back to being everyone being at different levels, um, and just like you said, you challenge yourself. Well, guess what? There are people that are also challenging themselves. Yeah. You know, if you want to know my reasoning of why I pushed, is yeah. because the sooner, the sooner I, so obviously the beginning was the steepest, right? Yeah. So the beginning part to get to uh, Angel's Landing was was very steep, no stairs. Well, there were some stairs on some parts, but it was just kind of like a like a ninety degree angle. Yeah. And so you're just trekking, and for me, the sooner I finish it, the sooner I finish enduring this pain yeah. and this suffering. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't. I would say it wasn't really like to get up there faster. It was just kind of like just challenging my body, challenging, yeah. you know, the journey of it and, and knowing that um, we were all doing the same thing, you know. Well, even at the Narrows, like, your ass just left us. That <laughs> and we, <laughs> and we almost left yeah. you coming back. Well, I st- so that was a whole nother <laughs> um, reason. Uh, very, very similar. Like, it was about challenging myself. We were also starting the Narrows a little later. Yeah, we did. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Narrows are the Narrows is like um, this river that cuts through this this like you know rock formation. I don't know. And then if you look up and you see two walls <clears throat> on the sides, so you have to trek through the river with like it goes from what like from like a couple of hundred feet wide to like yeah, narrow, narrow, narrow. Yeah, narrow. It's called it's called the Narrows. Yeah, and so probably like sixteen. Twelve to sixteen feet wide, and and so, um, as I was trekking down, I was I was the goal for me was trying to get as far down as I could by, and still making the time um, to come back to come back on time because there was a deadline like mm-hmm. there was a last shuttle at last a certain shuttle. time, and so if I could get as far as I could, the way that I was timing it is like all right, we have four hours, so then I need to get as far as I can in two hours hours. and then know that coming back it would be easier because as you're going uh, into the narrows you're going against the river the current yeah and so on the way back it's it's probably a little faster and so um, I got to a point where I didn't see anybody (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then on the way back I caught you guys so and and I think it goes to show that just as you shared that, like you challenge yourself, mm-hmm. like I think everyone, everyone mm-hmm. wants to challenge themselves in True. some way, shape, or form, and and sometimes it might that might look different for everyone. Um, if it was, when it comes to things like this, um, and that's the idea. How do we then become understanding? Yeah. To each other's challenges. Going back to your original question, the mental health day. Yeah. The question for for that I would have for you is, how do you then become understanding of this concept? Uh, being able to hold it, um, 
that perspective that you want to have the balance yeah you know because i don't know if you ever you got to talk to the guy or whatever and and understand why he was taking a mental health day yeah and if you didn't it could have been a multitude of reasons yeah. it could have been that he lost a loved one it could have been that uh he was going through depression it could have been that he had work and i you might know the answer to this one he might have worked 10 days straight and then just was physically tired you yeah. know or maybe you know he was mentally drained we we have a capacity in our bodies and everyone is different as you shared this experience mm-hmm. we have a capacity of of what people can do and so if we don't become understanding and obviously going back to your worry is that um it gets you know that it gets um what is it? it? It gets used too much, or yeah. that becomes or the like, norm. It, oh, an excuse! You know, because yeah, some people an might excuse. use an excuse. Oh, you know, he has mental health. Because I also want to pivot yeah. <laughs> to the, um, you know, what happened at Ovalde yeah. last week. You know, about the guy and the gun. Because I know we've gone back and forth yeah. about that issue. So before we go there, you know, like, I would I just want you to finish that. You yeah, know, point yeah, yeah. Before we pivot over. So. So, for instance, anything could be could have been going on with the guy. And one of the things that I want to touch on is, like, also, like, you, I know we call them mental health days. Yeah. But, you know, if I don't think there's anything um, in in the books or, or an employment law that that people get mental health days. I think they're just your regular PTO days. Yeah. And, you you know, some people call them mental health days. And so the idea is if they're your PTO days, what so I would for say. A reason, yeah. Then, then it's PTO starts starts uh, means paid time off. I thought it was personal time off. Yeah, paid time off or personal. Yeah, maybe. Either yeah. Or. Right. It could be both. <laughs> uh, message OB and let him know which one it is. <laughs> right. Yeah, someone correct one of us. Um, so it's personal time off or or paid time off, whatever yeah. it is. It it is paid time off, so you could use it as however you want. Yeah. So if you want to use it as a mental health day, they're your days to use as needed. So, I mean, I don't think anyone could take advantage of the fact that it's already theirs. Um, but I, I get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get where you're coming from as far as using that a, as an excuse. Um, I can think where it could be a little tricky is when it's areas where they're using it to avoid dealing with something that, a, re- a responsibility that they're letting people down. Yeah. Uh, because in in the work environment, if it's a paid time off or a personal day, they could do whatever they want with it. Um, but if it's in other settings, I can see this this idea of people taking advantage of it. Um, so uh, going finishing that thought is, you know, the only way that you can understand that is by really looking at the whole the whole picture stepping back a little bit mm-hmm. asking yourselves like well what do i know and what don't i know yeah um and then making an assessment i think what happens nowadays is that we make we give an opinion or we we give a critique or we give a comment based on very little information correct all right so i i think that's a good segue to to this uvalde situation um so I know you wanted to pivot to that. Anything specific that you wanted to... Yeah, uh, being that it's mental health, you know, I mean, I have yet to hear anything about him having any mental issues. All I, all 
that's been said is that, you know, having issues at home with his mom. But it's like, because I know you're anti-guns, right? Or, or are you pro-guns? So what do you think? Let's see. Like, Let, I know let's, you let's got use some... your Let's use your knowledge <laughs> to find out if you can make You know what? Let me bust out with your wife. I give you your Wi Fi password because, you know, so, okay. So, originally, a backstory on, on, on this podcast. Mm-hmm. For the most of you, you know, I don't prepare. I just oh, set yeah, up. For sure. And we'll just. Oh, we know. And we'll just spitball. <laughs> we know. And we'll just spitball, you know, and, you know, Jaime was always giving me. These suggestions, hey, you know, I always listen, tell you to prepare, prepare, or to, you know, <laughs> or at least a, at least a outline of what you're gonna talk about and tap into. See, <laughs> I, I totally agree, but you know, but for those of you who know me, or and I think Hyman knows pretty well, because like, you're a doer, you I, just I, do. I, I just do it. <laughs> I, I just like they just set up, and just record, and and we'll just mm-hmm. you know just go for it. So, you know. And I come to his apartment today, and he's walking with his little laptop, and I'm like, oh, shit. All right, here we go. Statistics now, you know. <laughs> I, I see him typing. <laughs> I see him typing. I'm, I can't see what's on his screen, but I'm sure he's going to hit me with some knowledge with the, you know, statistic and all that shit. So, you know, going back to you, Valde, I think you're pro-gun. Um, you know, I'm not a gun owner, but I am pro-gun. I think eventually I am going to transition into buying me a gun, um, the legal way. I'm not going to go, go buy a home with a serial scratched off or anything, but the correct way. Do I condone? I, it's a fifty-fifty, you know, because. Yeah. So I mean, so my question: You said you you think that I'm pro-gun? Yeah. Okay, and when, but you started off by saying that I was. You wasn't, but yeah, you were because I because, correct me if I'm wrong. You own a gun or two. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. So that's just all right. But that doesn't doesn't make you mean that you're pro gun though, right? Or because I, you I own a gun doesn't make I you pro gun. I think it's tricky. I think it's you know. I think it's. I always say it's definition. Like what are people have different definitions of things. Um, some people I say you know if you have a gun you're pro gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, and then pro gun can mean so many so many things. Let's just say that my perspective is um, people who are anti-guns are people who don't have guns. Th- that's my generalization okay. of it. Uh, people who are pro-gun uh, are usually people who have guns. Okay. Okay. I'm pro-gun, and I don't have one yeah. yet. Which, but I think, I'm... which I think is hilarious. <laughs> you're pro-gun. And but I don't have a gun? Yeah. Listen, don't judge me. Just, you know. I don't yeah. want to get no messages from you know yeah. people talking we, shit. But anywho, we probably it, someone send Ob uh, <laughs> links to where he could buy a gun uh, or what kind of suggestion of gun. Academy. I, I think you should get a a a nice uh, small pink gun. And, I mean, and and a concealed <laughs> a concealed pink gun. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. So shoot and shoot. So I mean. You know, we can. De- I mean, we could even look at what the definition of of pro gun could mean. But I think using the generalization because okay. I think it helps. Um, we can become. We can be be more detailed if we need to. Um, but I think for me, that's what that that's the probably the the main pro gun or anti gun. Yeah. Because my thing is okay. He committed this mass yeah. shooting, you know, which is like awful, you know, like 
that's number one. But they say gun kills. I'm like, well, yeah, but who's, I mean, isn't the person behind the gun with the yeah. finger and the trigger killing yeah. the person? Yeah, Let, let's just so that we can get the definition correct, is favoring the right to own guns and opposing legislation restricting this right. No, I said, why is it opposing, though? I mean, that, I it's mean, in that's the amendment. That's the definition. That's Merriam-Webster. If you want to fight with Merriam-Webster, <laughs> you can. Um, right. And I would say that, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that's a, a generalization. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about this definition uh, because I, I'm. The some, first part or the second part? I would say. Because the, there's two. Ver- yeah, I mean, the, yeah, I think there's it's, two things. Yeah, here. there's yeah, two. Yeah, it can go yeah, either or. Yeah. Um, because what is a meaning? What is the meaning of opposing legislation restricting this right? Exactly. Um, you know, let's let's just kind of. The reason why that is a little vague is because it's like restricting the right to who? Yeah. Because if if that's the case, then you know felons are not allowed to have guns. Correct. Well, we're restricting the rights for someone who's paid their time or or. Mm-hmm you know, has done their time in jail and for some reason they can't, if they get caught with a gun, they go back to jail. Um, that's one. We also don't allow uh, kids who are under the, or teens who are under the age of 18 to have. So there's some restrictions, <coughs> right? There's some restrictions. So I don't know if this definition but is... if the restrictions are there, they're there for a reason. Yeah, Obviously, correct. somebody will find a loophole. So... This whole gun control, like they can do whatever they want. Somebody will get a gun anywhere, anyhow, by any means necessary. Like if somebody wants to get one, they will get one. So they can be as strict as they want on these gun law controls. Somebody will still, whether whether he's 18, like this kid was 18 and 19, he was still, not he, but some, but people will still find a way to get a gun. Yeah. Um, whether if it's strict, whether you need to show any type of ID, any type of information, you know, whether you need to take all these classes, somebody will still find a way to get a gun. Yeah. And I agree, but disagree uh, with that statement because I agree, like someone who is looking to do something bad or who's planning to, to rob a bank or whatever, they'll find that, you know, their intention is to do something. Yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna go and, and, and find these tools that they need. Correct. Now the question is as a government or as an institution mm-hmm. or as a society, uh, because I, I named these these three different things because uh, there has to be some responsibility that falls on accountable these, yeah. uh, you know accountability responsibility on these three groups. So then where does that line or where is that dr- line drawn so should we just put booths out in the street and say come and get your guns you know what i mean uh do we make it easier access for anyone because if you're if your hypothesis mm-hmm. is is 100 correct because there is some truth to that if it's 100 correct then it shouldn't matter where the guns are at it shouldn't matter, you know, if the guns are being given out free. Um, you know, people are going to, the good people are going to do good things with them and bad people are going to do bad things with them, exactly. right? 
So my question is, do you think that crime would get worse if guns were just given out free to anyone? No, because it'll still be the same. Regardless of whatever is given out or not, mm-hmm. if, if a bad person is going to do something bad, he's still going to do the bad. Okay, so, so it doesn't so matter me, whether they give it to him or not. So let me give you the question one more time. I don't think you understood my question. <laughs> my question is, if guns were just given out for free in the corner or on a, a anywhere, anywhere, yeah. or they were they were made to you can get them for free anywhere, if they were just given out for free to anybody, do you think that there would be more crime or more? You know, gun violence. Let's use that gun, more specific. More. There would be more gun violence, less gun violence, or same amount of gun violence. But that's a hypothetical question, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Be- but but it, it because it answers a hypothetical question. Like it's a hypothetical yeah, question to give hypothetical you an answer. Yeah, yeah. But either way, somebody wants to find a gun. Like you yeah, yeah. own one, okay, right? But, but answer my question. You're you're not answering my question. It's what is it an answer? Question. Yeah. So so okay. So so the think- qu- the question is: Do you think there will be more? Gun violence, less gun violence, or the same amount of gun violence? Same amount. Okay. Why? Do you, think why so, is that? Because it's either way. It, what's going to happen is going to happen. They're going to do the bad deed. Mm-hmm. If a bad person has a bad intention, whether we have strict law enforcement or, or gun enforcement or, or not, they're still going to do it regardless. Yeah. I think I I think there's a there's some information that you're missing, like. I think you're thinking specifically about people who are planning to do bad stuff. Do you know that uh, where gun laws are or lax or or where they're they're not as strict, mm-hmm. the statistics across the world you, I mean, that we can't debate yeah. or yeah. debunk or whatever show that gun violence is up, and and not just from people doing bad things. But from people who recently, uh, after the shooting, a, a guy, because he was maybe feeling concerned for her safety, mm-hmm. decided to take a gun to pick up his daughter at school. And guess what happened? He shot himself. Accidentally or I, I suicide? I, so, no, no. He shot himself accidentally. That's considered gun violence. That's considered an accident or whatever. It, it shows in the report. Now, aside from that, when the laws of people not keeping their their guns in safe places, you you were seeing kids who were getting into areas and accidentally shooting each other, or or you know those laws went up, right? Mm-hmm. So what happened is gun violence went down in that section, mm-hmm. kids getting a hold of guns. So these restrictions are there to prevent some. Correct, I agree. So if there was no gun restrictions at all, then automatically, automatically there would be more gun violence. Well, hold on. So if there wasn't no gun restriction, right, say you're a bad person and there's no gun restriction and you walk into a place, I'm going to shoot this place up. I'm a good person. I have my gun. There's probably 10 other people in that establishment. And you go in there, obviously it's concealed. You don't know who has a gun. Are you going to go in there, shoot the place up, and be like, oh, shit, I got 10 people. I'm, I'm harming them, and they're just one of me. So as a person, as a bad person, are you going to take that risk? Yeah, because they're a bad person. Like, look okay, at, so, look, so, so like so, if they're so, going to shoot something up, yeah. right, 
if there's an establishment of 20 mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. 20 people, yeah. 10 might have none, yeah. 10 won't. Yeah. And there's one person walking in there. Mm-hmm. All right. Obviously, that person going back to mental health is not in their mental state. Yeah, exactly. All right. See now, so there's different facets to this issue, and we'll get to that one in a second. But you're, you know, like you're selecting certain facets of it and trying to reason it within that facet, which means you're trying to reason that if there's more guns, there it still be equal because more people who like good people will have, like kind of like the statement that's out there give more guns to the good guys so that way we can stop the bad guys right so so if you look at it from that perspective we still forget we forget that there are people with mental health issues there are people who are but is that is that just an excuse now like even though i don't know that person but listen but if you're conscious enough to go into an establishment right pull out a gun and start shooting people my initial reaction is no, nah, nigga. I mean, my bad. Is it like you before me? So it's kind of you know. Okay, I'm so, a fan for myself. So let me. Okay, so there's been studies, and I'll have to send you these videos. <laughs> there's been studies. Like if a person came into an establishment, okay, okay. you know, like mental health. You know. So, so you, so you, you know, there's different facets. You're using that specific one. Um, looking at history, mm-hmm. like you look at all the different types of people that have done. Uh, gun violence yeah. you know since we're talking about that specific there's different reasoning there's different levels of mental health issues Correct. there's different you know reasons of why they do what they do uh, and so we can't just say that a person who has mental health is just this or is that uh, back i don't know what year it was but back in the day uh, at do you remember the shooting at ut UT. There was a there was a movie about it in Austin. I, yeah, I think it was in 1966, according to to Google. There was this guy who and I and I don't remember the the reasoning behind it, but there was this guy who went on the tower. Oh, okay, yeah, I heard about it. the bell tower. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just started sniping right. students. I don't remember the reason why yeah. um, he did that or anything like that. I believe that. Um, he was in. He had. He was a Marine veteran, according to to Wikipedia. Okay. He had stabbed his mother uh, and his wife to death this previous night, uh, and as a Marine veteran, took his rifle and other weapons to the observatory of the main building tower, mm-hmm. and then just started opening fire indiscriminately. Um, it says over the next ninety six minutes, he shot and killed fourteen people, including an unborn child, and injured thirty one. So this is 1966. Yeah. How would a person with a gun stop this? Well, obviously, it had a vantage point up on top. Exactly. So th- you're, you're, you're making my point. Someone who has a plan or who, who could Who be, knows? And they are be conscious. mentally, ha- me- like, have a mental health issue. Do you, I don't think I don't, I don't know if yeah. he had a mental health issue. Yeah, and see, we, this yeah. is the thing. We can't assume that. Yeah. Obviously, he was a Marine. Obviously, if you if you look at the stats of of military, um, you know veterans, and, and there are a lot of traumas. There are a lot of um, I don't know. Is that on your end? Yeah, it's my end. Someone to what? It's not to speak. It's just, it's my it's my headphone. Okay. That they go through a lot of trauma. So there's research out there. There's studies out there, and you know even movies have been made about the traumatic events that some of these people go through. I yeah. don't know his story. Yeah. I don't know what he might have experienced. 
but automatically for someone to do something like that they've had to go through something 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 had to have happened in their life you know there is there's a mental uh, uh there's a switch or something in their mindset that was either turned off or turned on or whatever to commit you know stabbing his mother and his wife yeah the day you before know, the day before and then so this is in 1966 and i use this as an example because it took the good guys 96 minutes be- before they could get to that bell tower and take him out 96 minutes in those 96 minutes he was able to to take out all these people injure so many people so the reason why i say this and the reason why i use an example that the theory of good guys you arm the good guys and they'll take out the bad guys is that good guys always have a disadvantage always yeah they always have a disadvantage why because the good guys are not going out they don't go out into the world looking for the bad guy the good guy is always reactive to the bad guy the the bad guy is always playing offense and so as you gave me this scenario a, a a room with a, a bunch of people with guns. Yeah, the guy that's coming in to take out with the people with guns. He's if he knows they have guns. One, if he knows that he's he, they have guns, he's gonna come prepared. If he already in his mindset, I'm gonna go in. See, and most of these guys will already don't care if they die. Yeah, or or it's some mind they they have already proposed or decided that that doesn't matter. Yeah, to them. So. If that's the case, a lot of them, their mindset is like, I'm going to take as many as I can before they take me out. Of course. So if he has the vantage point, like this story that I just told you, he'd be happy just taking out three or four. Maybe he could take out five. Depend- and see, this is, the, this is also the reasoning. If he had a small handgun, right, yeah. and the other people have like, you know, say he, say this would be interesting concept. The younger you are, the lower caliber they. <laughs> so if you're 18, you can only buy a 22. You know what I mean? Like that. And so little, let's just no say pellet gun. Let's just say he goes in with a with a 22. Yeah. And everyone else has nine millimeters, 40 cal's, whatever. Uh, and so he can come in and injure someone. You know, shoot them and and you can die from a 22 yeah. gunshot, but but it's less likely. But if the other people come and have those those guns, they can take them out sooner than before he kills 10 or 20 people. Now, if he comes in full metal jacket, AK-47, uh, M-16, AR-15, he comes in with an AR, automatically the, the, the bullet, the power, and then if he, he makes it, you know, as you know, you know this, YouTube and and the web is showing yeah. how to turn these guns into to automatic weapons. Yeah, the, I saw this thing on the news that even like a nine millimeter can turn it be turned into an automatic we- weapon. Yeah, there's. Um, he comes. He comes in and when he makes it automatic, compared to everyone, the good guys who follow the laws, who have concealed handguns, this guy with that doesn't care about law and it goes back to your 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 proposed theory mm-hmm. which i i say there is some truth um he doesn't care um he's going to use that gun to kill 
and he's gonna take out more people with that one with that high powered rifle with the maybe semi to full automatic gun. Yeah. Uh before they get him. Will they get him? Yes. But they, they will get him, but yeah. he will take way more people out before, you know, that they take him out. So using your your scenario, Mike what ha- the I think the they have shown that the last few people that have gotten AR-15s have gotten them legally. Legally or illegally? Legally. Okay, legally. legally. Okay. Legally. At least, let's talk about Uvalde. He got it legally. At 18? At 18. Because Texas, okay. unrestricted. They took some laws away and made it easier for people to get guns. I believe the AR-15 was restricted nationally during uh, the Clinton era. Mm-hmm. And then because obviously a, you know, when a president puts New order. Uh, an order <clears throat> in whatever, it, it goes away when the next president yeah. comes in or whatever, or they take it away or whatever. And then with this governor, he's very pro-guns. He's, you know, he's backed by the NRA. So you look at some of the things that he's done and he, if anything, made it easier to get a gun, you know. Now you don't even need a license. We wasn't how long ago we we were able to get uh, concealed handgun licenses. Yeah. Um. And then he made it where you didn't. You can do open carry. Yeah. And then he made it where you don't even need a license to open carry. <laughs> I mean, like that's where I would draw the line. I mean, you so know. So you do have some line that you want to draw in that. Obviously, okay. yeah. Like, did yeah. I do think? There should be restrictions, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, if somebody wants a gun, they will find a way to get a gun with or without restrictions. So yeah. it's with one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't. So, so in by definition, then you're anti-gun because not, you you want restrictions and you also don't have one. But I want one. <laughs> <laughs> So you're anti-gun. No, no, I'm pro-gun. I mean, just because I don't have one doesn't mean I'm anti-gun. Well, until, until you get a gun, no, you're, so you you're, still an, you're still how anti-gun. How then is that anti you know because gonna, I don't have one? Uh, we're gonna ask. Uh, we're gonna ask your friend if he thinks you're anti-gun. <laughs> Who? Um, Marisol. We'll call her ass right now. <laughs> call her. Call her. Call? Yeah, let's ask her a question. All right, but <laughs> I'll propose the question. All right, but anyways, as, as he as he calls. And the reason, I, why are we calling her? She's she's very pro gun, right? Yeah. I think she, I think I've never seen a girl have more guns than than Marisol. I think it's fact, bro. Why is it? Hello. So, buddy. Let her know she's on the podcast. Hey, so you're on a <laughs> so I'm recording right now with Jaime right now. Okay. <laughs> so we have a question for you. And okay? he has something to ask you. So sit what? down. So okay. Get comfortable. So. Uh, we're talking about uh, we're talking about like the pro gun anti gun topic, and we're having a really good I discussion. can't I can barely hear you. You said what now? What about now? Can you hear me now? It's like you sound too far. Uh, are you? I think she's using the mic phone. Pass me the phone over here. I think I think it's the mic phone. No, 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 it's fine. What, what about now? No, you it, just can you sound hear me? too far. Does Obi sound better or do I sound the same? Uh, Obi sounds better. It's probably your mic. It's connected to your mic. It's probably con- no. It's connected to to a separate line. I don't know. One of these mics has to be. I don't. So ask her the question, then I'll be ask her the question. But, but 
but tell her the definition. Based on the definition, then that makes you anti-gun. Okay. So give her the definition. Did you hear that, Elise? I don't think she Barely. Well, what did you hear? Ask her definition of something. Of, um, what's the damn question again? So, so based on the definition of pro-gun. Okay, pro-gun. Which is favoring the right to own guns and opposing legislation restricting the right. That makes you uh, anti-gun. Yes. So Obi is anti-gun because he doesn't have a gun and he actually would like legislation to have more restrictions. Oh. So would that make Obi anti-gun? Yeah. See, there you go, Obi. You want to get on my phone? <laughs> get off this podcast. <laughs> Obi's <Because>, anti-gun. <laughs> because why? Because you want the restrictions. So, I mean. But the restri- how are the restrictions going to work, though? That's one thing that people don't get you can put all the restrictions the restrictions are going to be for the law the law-abiding citizens mm-hmm. like for me you or anybody that you know you can have all the restrictions i'm going to follow what they require yeah but a criminal or somebody else th- th- there's always black market they're going to get their hands on weapons one way or another exactly but so what's the point of having restrictions you know a, a friend of mine she was like oh why does it work in other countries because they don't have a second amendment like we do. True. So we have the right to bear arms. You're gonna make it difficult for a lot of body citizens to do it. Fine, that's cool, whatever. You know, we're gonna do what they require us to do. But like I said, there's always black market. People are gonna get their hands on their weapon one way or another. True. So how many guns do you own? Right now? Yeah. Five. I love Dang. <laughs> <laughs> so question. If you if you would recommend a gun for Obi to get, which one would it be? I don't know. <laughs> she has some big old hands. I haven't wants to give me a pink one. <laughs> yeah, since you like being extra. <laughs> you know what? A pink desert eagle. <laughs> <laughs> that that has too much power for him. <laughs> Well, he, you know, he says he's pro gun, so. Well, we appreciate your uh, your input. We wanted to, I wanted to clear it because he was saying that that he is pro gun, but I was like, like, according to definition, you are currently anti gun. No, well, that definition came two. It's two sided. Uh, yeah, of course we, you know, we, but and that's why I think definitions so, are important because I want structure. You know, you know, yeah. I want it to be structured. Obviously, I want to make it harder for people to get guns. But if somebody wants a gun, they will find a way to get the gun. Yeah, exactly. All so right. what's the point? What's the point of having restrictions for if people they're gonna? I know I know a few people that are convicted felons. They're not allowed to have weapons because they're convicted felons. And guess what? They own weapons. They're not in that street life anymore or whatever. You know that they they turn for the better. Mm-hmm. But because of their record, because of their, they're still a convicted felon. He's he's not allowed to walk into a store and purchase a gun. Mm-hmm. So there is. He had somebody there. else. He had somebody else buy it for him. Another one. He bought it off the street. They're going to find ways to get the fucking gun. Their hands on the fucking gun. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that people don't get. It, it's not going to fucking work. You're so passionate about this, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we appreciate your your thoughts. 
I know you were out somewhere, so we don't want to keep you too long. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll call you later, boy. All right, then. Bye. Bye. So, where where are you now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna see the spring. Okay, right so so let's. Talk, okay, I so, still think I'm, I'm pro gun. Okay, so so let's talk about what restrictions you think could work, because obviously, she thinks that no restrictions. No, no, would it, work. It, and she's right, and and I I see where she's coming from, and I see the whole. Hold on. So which side? Because you just said that some restrictions. Well, well, you asked me what, but it's like, what could there be? I mean, like. Even if we made it as strict as possible, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like better tight on keeping records of who's buying what mm-hmm. and when and where, uh, you know, some kind of identification, anything, you know, anything to help out mm-hmm. gun control. But again, somebody will will end up yeah. getting and, it in and, the black market. And so I get it. I agree with that. But goes back to my hypothetical question. Even no. even when what she shared, there was two people that she mentioned, and mm-hmm. uh, one got it on the black market, and one had someone else to buy, buy it. it for, yeah. Okay, so if there was some restrictions, maybe uh, where I don't know, maybe background checks, or or let's say that they had to just like a car register the gun to you, I, and I and it, which is interesting because Texas doesn't have things like that. Yeah. Um, and I know other states do, but well, New York I, is tough I would I will say this: if you had to, if you bought a gun, someone who was a felon asked you to buy them a gun, uh, and and you had to register it in your name, and that gun would be connected to you, and you would be held liable for anything that that gun was used by. Would you buy a gun for someone else? No. So now I get it. That person would then have to go to the black market yeah. to look for a gun. But if we make it harder for them to find it in the black market, if we make it harder, then we could at least at least minimize. I'm not saying we're going to completely eradicate Correct. it. Correct. It won't. But we can at least minimize. So let me tell you what could have minimized Uvalde, as we were talking about Uvalde. What could have minimized Uvalde was... Um, a few things. One, raising the age limit of of a teenager. Yeah. Buying a assault rifle, and I know, you know, some people have a. Just, uh, it's a rifle, but it's a high powered rifle. High powered rifle. It's a rifle that it that is usually used in combat. In combat. Yeah. Um, that has a high grain, high powered bullet, so you can definitely do. A lot of damage, and as you've heard, as what happened in Uvalde, like the the kids were unrecognizable. Yeah. If we would have raised or had those restrictions, then let's just say he would have gone and looked somewhere else, right? For another gun. Yeah. Somewhere else. Now, if we would have made it harder for him, or if there was some restrictions that made it harder for him, few things could have happened. One, him trying to look for it and blah 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 could have gotten. Cut could have gotten him caught up in a in a sting operation mm-hmm. and i say this because i know i know someone who works in the atf um agency and they're constantly working to get um guns off the black market yeah and they're continuously doing stings undercover work and doing all these things so we minimize we minimize how easy it could be 
example, before, um, like when when marijuana was very illegal, yeah, it was for a lot of people it was hard to find marijuana easily. I mean, you could you had to ask the right people. Then you had to be careful that like they weren't uh, connected to the police and all this other stuff. Um, and you know it could be very dangerous. But now because they've legalized it in some places, there's more people have access to it have access to it and it's available to more people so i'm using that as an example i know they're they're two different yeah. things i'm using that as an example that as we limit access to just random people to people who who might not be at the mental capacity to to be um, responsible then we could we could hopefully have more guns in more responsible hands and less guns on ir- irresponsible hands. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, so you want structure. So there has to be some structure. Yeah. Like, and there is already. There is a structure because you don't, you know, the laws don't allow anyone under 17. So, yeah. so the Second Amendment, as she shared, because we have a Second Amendment, I think the Second Amendment is still, well, I don't, there's some struggle between its interpretation and how people interpret it. Yeah, because I was listening to to a podcast and and they were talking about like even back then, like they had the type of rifles or the bare arms that they had were not like the type of guns that we have today. No, no, no. And, and aside from that, it was a whole different era, at a whole different time. There was less people. There was, you know what I mean? Like, but the outcome's the same. And a crime today is a crime hundred years ago. So. A crime, but the magnitude of that crime is the same. It's not the same. I mean, one to I mean, yeah, granted, one versus a hundred, but it's still a crime as a crime. Whether if it happened, yeah, and and so I know what you're saying. A, a crime is a crime, but the extremeness, the extremeness of of the fatalities and the deaths that are happening. Like, look at look at all these. Um, these shootings that are happening, right, and in the U.S. Um, and I know she mentioned something that these other countries don't have a Second Amendment. That's not necessarily true. Um, I was watching a documentary about, um, I think it's Switzerland. Yeah. They're very big on guns, uh, but they're very big on responsible gun ownership. And it was interesting because the previous president uh the retired president of the country was in that was in a a gun fair or gun like this thing for guns where everyone else everyone was carrying guns and he wasn't afraid or or fearful for his life you know he was there enjoying the gun event with no security or no anything like that i mean you know according to what they shared um but they're big Thing is that they have they have restrictions on on gun safety. Yeah. They have restrictions on how to get them, how to use them, all this different stuff. Uh, the training that they have to go through. Um, I think it's about responsible usage and trying to vet people to see who is responsible. And so for me, one of the things that could have avoided Uvalde is having things in place that would have vetted this person before he got 
a access to a, a firearm of that magnitude. Let's just say, let's just say that he couldn't get that AR-15. Let's just yeah. say that, you know, goes in the black market. And see, the way the black market w- works is whatever they have available. Yeah. The black market might say, you know what? Well, we can't get an AR-15. Like right now, we but got. I got this. We got this, or we got that. So at that point, say he goes in with a with a handgun, and it is possible that at that moment they probably could have stopped them sooner and at least saved some lives. Does that make sense? Because one of the reasons why the the police backed off was because this kid had a high powered weapon. This but kid, I want to go back, you know, yeah. to school. Why don't we have security in school? I mean, you and I went to the same school, high school together. Do we have on-site police? You know, Officer Love, Rudy and them out there. You know, and we had metal detectors going in. So why don't we have security in schools now with everything yeah. going on? Why do we not, like, in Forney, crime rate is awful. School crime is the same. And a couple of months ago, a security, uh, 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 a forty PD uh, school officer got jumped by by some kids and de de-armed him. Is it de or disarmed him? Either way, but you understand me. So it's kind of like okay, so where's the protection in our, in our schools? If that happened to one cop, imagine if there was just two or three of them. And this is in high school. Remember, at Skyline, we had several yeah. at Skyline. And it goes back to to what I was sharing with you is that the good guys are always on the defensive. So like, well, they have to be. I mean, I because if no, they if but, they're if they're legally armed. So okay, but the thing is, think about it. Think about what I'm saying. What I mean, defensive is that they they don't automatically like these kids are walking and grab them. Something bad has to happen first before they can get involved. They're on the defensive. So bad people will do bad things, right? They will do bad things. And they're always on the off, uh, offensive. Yeah. So this puts the good guys as a, at a disadvantage automatically. These kids didn't even have a gun, right? According to your story, yeah. they disarmed him and took his gun or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what happened if they robbed because him. Because had he had shot one of them, it's a whole other case. So, yeah. uh, so, so who wins and who's at fault? Yeah. Are the kids at fault for assaulting him and disarming him? Or is it he for self-defense? Yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense. So be, because well, auto, think about it. So because automa- if oh, he would have oh, sh- shot them, if he would have oh, shot yeah, them, of so course. Is and, it self defense or is it? Oh, is it the kids? Okay, I mean, so they have protocols that they have to follow. Like okay. there's rules of engagement. Yeah. Even the, even the before military, they even have the holster. Yeah, know, and and I have family members who've served in Iraq and Afghanistan, and I have a, a family member who's a police officer, and we talk about these things quite often. Shout out, and. Uh, and one of the things is that um, they have rules of engagement. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're not a, they're bound by law um, to only engage in certain situations. Yeah. To only, you know, and, and you know, I believe that there's when they're in the fear for the, like police officers, when they're fear for their life. And that's, that's, that's almost a gray area in this yeah. sense. Um, because, you know, they might be in fear of their life because of their experience or how they're seeing the situation. And so they can react to that. Uh, and then as they study and investigate the situation, like 
you know, they'll figure out like, oh, okay, did he act accordingly or didn't act accordingly. So obviously in this situation that you just shared, it would depend on on the investigation. If they saw video, there was video, body cam, all this other stuff. And, yeah, and, but there's still going to. And there's things, there's in situations where they could, you know, the angles of the body cam, like for instance, we've talked about this with, with uh, you know, people who are in law enforcement. There's sometimes where you don't, there's certain things cameras won't catch that they can see. Yeah. Uh, so, but this is the thing. These are all, all of these that then I'm mentioning, these are all like fractions. Yeah, of course. Fractions. So, so when we talk generally, we gotta, we gotta stay general. When we talk specific, then we can discuss specific, but still general overseeing, you know, we can solve the general problem. Yeah. It will minimize, it will minimize some consequences, but you still deal with the specific situations. So my thing is, why not implement things that generally could solve a problem, and we'll continue to deal with the with the the smaller situations smaller uh, accordingly, yeah. uh, or or through other avenues or through other ways, you know. Because you know, I totally agree. You know, people who are looking to do bad things, one, they have the upper hand. Two, if they really want to do something bad. They're gonna do it. But this is the, this is my point. Why make it easy for them? You know what I mean? Like, why make it easy for? Let's make it, let's make it as hard as we can for the bad guy, and let's make it easy for the good guy. Now, that sounds weird, right? <laughs> yeah. But what I mean by that is, you know how you do that? Because responsible people will go through the hoops. Responsible people will will do the work. Responsible people will show that they are responsible people. Yeah. Um, and how do they do that by vetting them? Like, think about it. You know, job interviews, jobs. When they when people apply, um, the more extensive the interview is, right? Yeah. The more likely you'll find the right person for the that fits the, the, fit. the position. The less extensive, and you just hiring off the street, you're hired, you're hired. Well, the more likely you'll have people quitting. Yeah. And losing more money for the company, so companies are starting to lean more into doing um, long interviews. They're doing no, they're doing like uh, I applied at a position at a hospital, and uh, they do a personality test. They, you know, um, even with working in the ministry, um, you go and take a um, a psychological test that that kind of gauges where you know like. Where I wouldn't say mental health, yeah. but like if you are, you have a good cognitive capacity to to do things that are, you know, that you're not gonna do something that might be off. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so we do this in other ways, you know, we do this in in things that we really want responsible people to. We do this in areas where the worst thing that can happen is the person you know, would steal or would, you know, be lazy or whatever. But when it comes to guns, I just can't believe that an 18-year-old could walk in to a gun store. And obviously, an 18-year-old will probably not have any background since they haven't lived life long yeah. enough. Uh, you know, their mental health situations probably hasn't been reported or, especially in a small town, and shoot, we 
we'll go there in just a second because one of the things is that like their resources for mental health was very little in that area um not just that but in in texas um there's money that has been taken away from from uh, mental health uh support in in texas and we've seen it at the hospitals uh, that have caused some other problems but that's another facet right yeah. but in this situation he was still too young for a lot of that right so it's possible that a background check might not have caught anything right so yeah you're right like there are some things that things could get through loopholes yeah or through situations it might not have caught anything but if we would have at least had like a age restriction for his age to buy a, a, an assault rifle. Yeah. We would have had an age restriction. It's possible that in that time frame, one, we know psychologically that the that young people, their frontal lobe, the area where they make decisions. good decisions or, or conscious decisions or, or judgment decisions, it doesn't fully develop till they're like about 23 to the 26, 27. Um, and that's when they can have a, a better, you know, reasoning. Uh, reasoning. And if they would have raised it somewhat, it's possible that in a few years, the kid, one, they could have, you know, he could have gotten into some trouble that would have flagged him as a mental health issue uh, or having mental health problems. Or two, it would have given them the opportunity to develop and to grow a little bit more and to possibly outgrow maybe that that lack of, of structure or lack yeah. of, of mindset or whatever it is that was going on with, with him. Um, now, you know, and obviously we're looking at scenarios. But what if he still wanted to do it? You know, he still wanted to do it and he was looking for other... Let's, my thing is, he would have gone to the black market, possibly maybe if there... But let's not make it easy for him. I think that when we make it easy for them as a, as a society, as a government, as a country, we have to take some responsibility for it. Of course, it. yeah, definitely. Like, I, I think that we have to be able to say, like, it's like if I leave, obviously, stealing is, is against the law, right? It's wrong. It's, right, it's wrong. So if I leave my doors unlocked because I know stealing is illegal, if I leave my doors unlocked and then I leave my gun in there or I leave, you know, valuables in there, whose fault is that? Yours. Why? Because you're un- unresponsible. Why? Why am I irresponsible? Why are you? Or why, why Why? am I irresponsible? I don't know. Whatever you're going through makes you irresponsible. So, no, okay. So, so the, the what I shared right now is that if I left my car unlocked and I left valuables and my gun in there and they got stolen, you're saying that I'm somewhat responsible for that, right? Yeah. Why? Because you left it unlocked. Exactly. So locking the car, because we live in a world that people are going to steal. We never know we might run into. Because there's always that potential. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not every day does someone come and try to steal from your car. But that one time. You know, through time, there might be a person, that one person that, will try to break into your car, so that's why people get car alarms, that's why people lock their cars, blah, 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 etc. Yeah. So, we don't leave our guns out, or we don't leave, you know, but that's in the realm of we make, we make it too easy for people to access guns. 
at least in the state of Texas, yeah. I believe that that's the issue. Uh, and I and I think that's what we're talking about. And I think you're in agreement. Like there, there has to be some type, and and I guess, I guess that word restriction is tough for some people. Yeah. But we already have. Let's just use the word guidelines. We already have guidelines. You can't be eight. You can't. You have to be eighteen. Order automatically. That's already a guideline. They can't be semi-automatic or whatever. See, that's one of the things that's up for debate when it comes to the Second Amendment. Yeah. When they said the right to bear arms, those people that put that in the Constitution, they never knew about what the future, what today's society would create. The type of the type of guns and the and and I was interesting because I was watching something that shared like, like back in the day they still had even then the right to bear arms. There was still some restrictions. People weren't weren't allowed. I believe people weren't allowed to own cannons. <laughs> it, hey, I got the, in those times. I got the right to bear arms. You know, let me let right. me let me hold a cannon. You know, <laughs> let me keep a cannon on my crib. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like those are the uh, times. So so. You would think as a cannon was a was a weapon of war. Yeah. I mean, even you know, there are restrictions. So I think that it's really hard for someone to to I guess fall into the the definition yeah. of, of of you know, opposing legislation restrictions. Yeah. Um because I think that even them they I think they believe that there should be some something. Yeah. I mean you know, we can all agree to disagree, but um, I mean, this could be like a never-ending topic. But I don't topic. think you disagree. I think you agree. <laughs> this could be a never-ending topic. <laughs> I, I, okay, so so let me ask you, like, where where do you see where do you see the line? Like, where where do you think we can draw a healthy balance? Because when we started off the podcast, it was talking about finding a balance. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I think that's really that's really the way that we're going to come to some sort of solutions is finding the balance and finding what makes sense. But can you, like, well, that's the thing. Like, can you, you know, some people want balance, but some people want to get rid of it in total because they're so stuck in that way of, you know, of, of, of thought and training. Me, I would raise the age restriction to 21. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. just to, Yeah. Because at 18, yeah. You can vote, but at 21, you can buy liquor. But in Mexico, 18, you can drink, vote, and, you know. Yeah. So I would do the age restriction at 21. Yeah. yeah. And and then Mexico has, like, w- way different gun gun laws. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a whole, you know, and that's a, a, an isolated situation because, you know, what they're going through with, with cartels and all, it's a whole different yeah, thing. Yeah, that's like, a whole monster. It's a, right it's a factor that's that affects the situation differently. Um, and so the U.S. is totally different than that. Oh, like, yeah. like, you know, we're known as a, as a first world problem, how they say. Like, we're, <laughs> first known, world. We're, no, we're known to, like, have um, a lot of things in place so that society can run better, so yeah. society can be safer and all this other yeah. no, that's stuff. That's, that's another... Yeah, but, but the thing is, it's connected to, to this topic because... Because it's interesting that in the area of, of guns, because we have that Second Amendment, because there's some debate about that Second Amendment, that we struggle, that we struggle with 
with coming to an understanding. Yeah. Um, and we we struggle with with finding a solution because uh, I think not just that. I think what plays into everything is this 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 uh, environment of division. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it's it's a tactic. It's a war tactic. Uh, divide and conquer. Uh, you divide the society, and then you can control it. Yeah. Um, right now, uh, you know, the society and, and the, this country is divided um, on topics like this. Um, and, and it's not until we start seeing this. I think there's a poll out there that says that the majority of, of the U.S., I think like 60 to 70 percent or something like that, want some kind of restrictions. Yeah. You know, so so there at least shows that, but then we're divided on the political level because it's at the Senate where we make these changes, uh, changes and we're divided by the political parties, and there's a political party that is not necessarily listening to their constituents, and it's possibly on both sides. Yeah, I think it, it, could, it, it could go yeah. either or. And, and so, so ultimately <laughs> is that... Let's just say this: if we, if the U.S. voted on restrictions, then the restrictions would be in place because mm-hmm. the majority of the U.S. believes there should be yeah. restrictions. Uh, but we're we're struggling with that because because they're they're divided, they're controlled um, by their like not even their constituents, but the people who, that finance their their political. Parties, uh, yeah, yeah, their political party and also their their political careers. And yeah. So, and this is not something that that people are not aware of. This is not something that is hidden. It's it's very well known. <coughs> I mean, you saw that with the the NRA being in Houston. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think I think we can't ignore we can't ignore that there has to be something done. I mean. I agree. Like yeah. there has to be, and, and there I, should be, there needs to be. But I think that when we we overstep or where where we jump over the issue of guns and start talking about more security, yeah, and start talking about less doors, and we start talking about like we're we're really not open to having a discussion for real solutions. Yeah, no, just everybody wants to pull one side. Um, <coughs> so. You know, it's definitely a lot of facets of, of what's happening in the world that is affecting it's affecting this. And and I will say this, it's not until, and I tell people this, it's not until it affects you directly. Yeah. Un, it's not until it's your kid that's been shot in the school and killed that... It becomes an issue. That it becomes an issue for you. Yeah. Um, I I think that we have, and, and I think this is, this is an issue, I think... We're losing empathy, um, and that is to be able to put ourselves in the shoes of the people that are that are going through yeah. this, in order to understand maybe what their need is, and maybe to understand the pain and the suffering, and and maybe to like wonder what w- would it have looked like if there would have been more restrictions now. According to that, we know. Yeah. We know the answer to that. We know the answer to that um, because uh, cities and states and this and that 
that have implemented some restrictions. Uh, these assaults with with AR-15s or whatever would decline. Even yeah. in the U.S., I mean, you know, even in the U.S. when the the statistics show that when Clinton put the ban on AR-15s, they dropped. They dropped, yeah. Uh, and those are those are stats and facts that are out there. So, so by using our own stats, not even other countries, our own stats, it is proven that it works. Yeah. I mean, I think an AR-15, and this is where my pro-gun side <laughs> comes out. As much as I would like to have an AR-15, one, it's it's too expensive for me. Yeah. I can't afford it. Two, I wouldn't really see any need for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? B- besides practice shooting, or I'm I'm not, I'm not a, you know, someone that's going out, you know, doing something with it, uh, like hunting or anything like that. If anything, it would all be for self defense. Yeah. Or for home defense, um, but in reality, you know, you're even if you have an AR-15, when someone wants to come do something to you, whatever, and and hurt you, um. There's certain weapons and certain things and certain things. So I, I think ultimately it's just I'm not saying uh, guns are not helpful to for home defense. Um, I'm thinking that we already are at a disadvantage. So I, I so I had a lot of uh, trains of thoughts during this time when that happened. I said, you know, if I had a concealed handgun and I would think of I was at the tire uh, tire store. If someone came in and started shooting. Like even if I had my gun with me, what like what um uh, I guess like what would be my your survival your rea- rate? Yeah, your reaction. My reaction, my survival rate. Would I be able to to and you know when someone comes in and basically ambushes you, mm-hmm. man, there's n- even if you have a gun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you have a gun, so we need to expect it. Yeah, I think a lot of times, a lot of times, we don't think about these things from different perspectives. Yeah. I, I think we have to look at it. We have to look at all the information we have, and then make the best decision. Yeah. Um, I I don't I can't sit here and say that I have the answers for everything, uh, but I think the majority of the country, the majority of, of people, think that that some type of restrictions Something. could help. Yeah. I mean, you're right. And like I said, and this could be on and going, but we're going to wrap it up, man. It's been almost two hours. I mean, it's definitely been a long time uh, podcast in the making for sure, man. And uh, I appreciate you coming on and dropping some knowledge. You little fact checking over there. But uh, before we end the show, I'd like my guest to end on a virus for thought, you know, that, that, that you live by. You know, um, so yeah, so just uh, what advice or creed or a thought you know that you want the you know all 10 listeners that are listening right now, <laughs> <laughs> you know, lately, lately, I think uh, one of the, the words that really has been transforming the way I, I approach things in life is, is staying curious, mm-hmm. uh, staying curious, um. I think for me, what it does, it it keeps me asking questions. It keeps me wondering more, um, because when we stay curious, I think it allows us to become knowledgeable, to know more about certain topics, to understand both sides, to understanding 
why certain people think this way to understanding why this group thinks this way. And, and when we do that, we allow ourselves to be empathetic. Yeah. Um, it allows for empathy to, to be used and going back to where we're ty- tapping into these things that are our tools. And empathy can really help people go a long way um, in society and how we relate to one another um, because we are, we are beings that were created to connect. Yeah. We are beings that were created to be in relationship with one another. Um, and then empathy helps us to to put ourselves in other people's shoes so that we can at least understand where they're coming from and be able to see how we can serve them in some way, shape, or form. Um, that doesn't mean that we have to... Be, being empathetic doesn't mean that we have to agree. Yeah. Being empathetic doesn't mean that you have to accept someone else's perspective or view. Um, but I think it allows us to connect with others on a on a human level. level. Um, because I think all humanity has very basic needs. The need for connection, the need for relationship with one another, and and then also like our physical and emotional needs. Yeah. And there's many studies, or there's a lot of research that is out there um, that will will tell you that. And I and I think if there is anything that I can leave those people who are listening is like, stay curious, learn as much as you can, and before you judge and before you you make your decision uh, very finite, um, you know, learn and 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 grow and understand and, and educate yourself on those topics so that you can have a, a better understanding of them. And I think that will help uh, our society to be uh, more balanced yeah. and m- more focused on the things that we can uh, meet others, uh, you know, and, and connect with, with others. And, and I think that would help society, churches, businesses, everybody um, move forward and, and not, you know, even this country. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, with that being said, you guys heard it first. My boy Hyman came through, dropped some knowledge. Um, I know this topic, it's a never ending topic with mental health and gun control and a whole bunch of the stuff, but, but this is definitely a long time in the making and I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that we got it finally got it. We finally got to get it done. It was two hours. Hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so <it's, laughs> you, you you look so passionate talking about this. So I just you know what? Just take over, man. You gonna you gonna cut it down or what? Gonna... <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I, I don't know. But with that being said, for everybody listening out, everybody that's listening, thank you, thank you for hanging out. Um, if you have any questions or concerns, or if you want to get with Jaime, you know, and 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 you know. Go back with him and if y'all and if y'all wanna uh, support my podcast, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, go ahead and do your shameless plug on your podcast. <laughs> uh, follow me on uh, I'm a J Mendez uh, Instagram. <laughs> um, it's not out yet, but I'll announce it on there <laughs> eventually. Um, I'll definitely interview Obi on some things and uh, <laughs> and uh, just look out for it. It'll, I would say hopefully within the next month or so. Oh man! All right, well, everybody, thank you so much, and we'll be talking to you later.